Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is June 7th, 2021. Next week, the Federal Reserve holds its fourth FOMC meeting of the year. After the meeting, they'll release a statement, very likely communicating no change in policy. Fed Chair Jerome Powell will likely emphasize the same message in his post-meeting press conference. However, for investors, the most important information will be delivered in numbers rather than words, as the Fed discloses the median forecasts of FOMC members in their June Summary of Economic Projections. The Fed publishes these projections four times a year. In their last set of forecasts in March, they projected that by the fourth quarter of this year, real GDP growth would be 6.5% year-over-year, PCE inflation would be 2.2% year-over-year, and the unemployment rate would be averaging 4.5%. Three months later, these numbers are in need of revision. First, real economic growth is likely to be even stronger than the Fed projected back in March. Based on numbers that we've seen so far for April and May, we are currently tracking 11.2% annualized real GDP growth for the second quarter. If this is achieved, then the economy would only need to grow by 4.3% annualized in the second half of the year to reach the Fed's 6.5% year-over-year growth target for the fourth quarter. There are plenty of reasons to believe that this pace will be exceeded. First, the pandemic continues to wind down, with daily confirmed cases averaging just 14,000 in the last week, down 95% from their January peak. This is allowing more of the economy to get back to normal, and a full reopening of schools, workplaces, restaurants, travel, leisure, and entertainment facilities should provide a further powerful boost to the economy in the months ahead. Second, fiscal policy remains very supportive. While most stimulus checks have likely been spent by now, the economy should receive a further substantial boost in the months ahead from the lagged impact of money distributed to state and local governments, as well as enhancements to child tax credits, dependent care credits, and expansion of the earned income tax credit. Third, the global economy continues to recover. The J.P. Morgan Global PMI Composite Index hit a 15-year high of 58.4 in May, up from 56.7 in April, reflecting booming growth not only in the United States but also in Europe as the pace of vaccination accelerates. Increased vaccination should provide a boost to the Northeast Asia in the second half of the year, while emerging market nations will also approach uh, herd immunity by the end of the year, although more, more so via infection than inoculation. The bottom line is that the entire global economy should be in strong recovery mode by the fourth quarter, and this should contribute to a substantial pickup in U.S. exports. A strong wealth effect should be added to these forces. On Thursday, the Federal Reserve will release an update to the financial accounts of the United States, which could show a $4.1 trillion increase in net worth for the first three months of this year. Moreover, we estimate that if stock prices remained unchanged until the end of this month, wealth would have climbed by a further $4 trillion in the second quarter. Indeed, since the end of 2019, despite all the pain and suffering inflicted by the pandemic, it appears that household net worth has risen by over $20 trillion, or 17%, providing further fuel for consumer and investment spending. If it's a good bet that real GDP growth will exceed the Fed's forecast, it appears even more likely that inflation will do so. Thursday's report on consumer prices could show a 4.5% year-over-year increase in CPI in May, This could translate into an increase of 3.7% year-over-year in the personal consumption deflator. Even if consumption deflator inflation were just two-tenths of a percent per month for the rest of the year, this would peg the fourth-quarter year-over-year inflation rate at 3.5%, 
far above the Fed's 2.2% forecast. Moreover, 0.2% per month seems like a very reasonable forecast given widespread bottlenecks, higher oil prices, and rising wage inflation boosted by supercharged labor demand, which should be confirmed once again in Tuesday's job openings numbers. The one area where the Fed may have been too optimistic relates to unemployment. After peaking at 14.8% in April of 2020, the unemployment rate fell at a breakneck speed to 6.3% by January of this year. Since then, however, it has only fallen by a further 0.5% to 5.8%, and if it were to maintain this pace of decline, it would average 5% in the fourth quarter, above the Fed's current projections. There are good reasons to believe unemployment will fall faster than that. The expiration of enhanced unemployment benefits in half the states by early July and the other half by early September will add urgency to job searches. Higher wage growth may entice more back to work. In addition, the easing of the pandemic should allow a much fuller reopening of the restaurant, leisure and travel industries while simultaneously easing health fears and dependent care obstacles. However, even so, unemployment could remain somewhat elevated for some time relative to the end of the last long expansion. Many businesses and jobs are likely gone forever, and a surplus of jobs in one sector or one region or demanding one particular set of skills cannot always be offset by a surplus of workers elsewhere. If this is the case, the Federal Reserve may well have to accept the fact that the Phillips curve has now moved outwards. That is to say, inflation may well begin to rise long before the unemployment rate has fallen to a level that the Fed would deem as maximum employment. If so, the Fed should simply declare victory and begin to normalize policy. On the positive side, since the, by the end of the year, the US economy will, by many measures, be almost fully recovered from the pandemic recession. As a bonus, productivity growth has been strong in 2020 and 2021, and income inequality will likely be less at the end of the pandemic than it was at the end of 2019, achieving two important objectives in the eyes of the Fed. But to continue to pursue super easy monetary policy in the face of such progress is just asking for trouble. Already super low interest rates are clearly causing financial asset prices to bubble higher and this is now spreading to the housing market. Easy money also encourages reckless fiscal policy in Washington by making deficits so easy to finance. The reality is that there is an increasing risk that a season of over-easy monetary and fiscal policy will be followed by one where policy is forced to suddenly turn too tight, triggering an asset price crash and a recession. There's an old saying that, the, that investors shouldn't fight the Fed. It is equally true that the Fed shouldn't fight economic reality. Whether it will or not remains an open question. Even if the Fed gradually tightens, the economy will likely see an extended period of somewhat higher inflation than after the great financial crisis. This should eventually feed through to higher long-term interest rates, favouring stocks over bonds and value stocks over growth. If, however, despite a rapidly reheating economy, the Fed continues to push the monetary acceleration to the floor, the risk of a boom-bust recession will grow. Such an outcome, particularly if delivered with a side order of inflation and fiscal crisis, would spare few asset classes, but would likely favour those investments which look most reasonable today from a valuation perspective. And so we will watch the Fed's forecasts, but with an eye on one more thing. In their March forecast, the Fed projected that despite clearly achieving all of the long-term economic goals by the end of 2023, they did not foresee any increase in the federal funds rate before 2024. If, after reassessing their forecast for the economy next week, the Fed maintains this extraordinarily dovish stance, then the risk of a boom-bust recession will have increased to a substantial degree. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. 
And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.